Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Paris Lilly, rocking his Buccaneers red jersey today. A little NFL draft this weekend going on. Paris, how are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. And you know why I'm fantastic. I'm a man of my word. Play it on. Yeah. This is the case. Yeah, it's a Steam Deck, baby. I got it, and because this is an Xbox show, and I know people listening can't see this even on the camera. You're looking at Game Pass on the Steam Deck, and I'll, I'll talk about this more in the show, like all, all my experience with it. But uh, I'm hyped, man. I'm it, it's everything I thought it was going to be, and more. So I'm happy. I'm very happy this week. Yes, that is some great words right there. I'm so excited to dive in deep with you, ask you some questions hear about your impressions but we're happy you finally got the steam deck i know how important it is to you so you know what we'll check off that box and we'll continue moving forward but you'll hear all about that in just a little bit today you'll notice one of my gaming dads is absent from the show mr gary witta is doing big gary witta things and so we gotta let him go to work and finish all that up you'll see him next week but we have a very special guest joining us on the kind of funny x cast this week to talk all things xbox you've probably seen him with all of his insights and analysts of the gaming world over on Twitter. And you might even be checking out his new live chats over on YouTube. Today's very special guest, industry analyst, Benji Sales, joining us. Benji, what's going on, my man? How are you? What is up? I am uh, so pumped to be on today. I'm a big fan of you guys, the whole kind of funny crew. Uh, it's amazing to be on. So thank you so much for having me on today. And we got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Going to be a really fun episode with you joining us. And actually, the perfect episode for you to join us because you're going to be able to break down some numbers that maybe me and the public can't quite understand or need a little <laughs> help with. So it's going to be really cool. Benji, why don't we get to know you just a little bit for a quick one right now. If the best friends out there in our community don't know you or haven't seen you on Twitter, what are you kind of known for in the gaming industry? Yeah, so I talk about the video game industry kind of in general, but obviously like my focus, my specialty, it's more on like the sales side, the business side, data, social media metrics. That's kind of like the niche I've carved out for myself. That's really the primary focus. You know, I talk about anything in video games because I'm a big gamer myself as well, but that is definitely what my focus is on sales, business, data. Um, and yeah, I do it over on Twitter and YouTube. Awesome. Well, to keep it fun, I have three easy questions for you, Benji, as well for the Get to Know You segment. So first off, what you been playing lately? Ooh, so um, I'm getting ready for Halo Infinite Season 2, <laughs> ready to finally get that going. Um, I I've been waiting for this, so that's what I'm really ramped up for right now. I'm playing uh, Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise. It's 
okay. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, chaos. It's a little interesting. Uh, just finished up playing uh, Elden Ring. Got the platinum trophy on that. I played that on PlayStation. Um, and that's what I'm playing right now, yeah. Wow, he got the platinum parcel in. Did you hear that? I got to look at you because you know I got to look at you. Uh, how, how's that adventure going? I know you're not going to share until you're really ready, but like, well, I, 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 will fully admit, I will fully admit I have not touched Elden Ring at all this week because it's all about the Steam Deck, even though I can't play it on the Steam Deck. I've just not installed it on there yet. Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that, Paris. Okay, Benji, keeping with you. Of course, it's an Xbox show. We bleed green. We love talking about Xbox. What's your favorite Xbox game? So I'm a huge fan of Xbox in general. This is a bit of a hard one for me. Like I love Gears of War. I love Forza Horizon. But to me, like there's one franchise that has just always stuck with me. And maybe this is the generic one. It's Halo. I love Halo. Uh, whether it was System Link, you know, Halo 2 parties with my friends way back in the day, whether it was playing through campaign, those stories. I love Halo's campaigns or even online like Halo to me. It has just been, I mean, really all the way back since I was really young, right? Halo 1 and 2 came out when I was really young and I still play it a ton to this day. So Halo is definitely like my main Xbox franchise. Uh, I love the other ones as well, a lot of them. But if I had to pick one, you can only play one Xbox franchise moving forward. I think I'd have to go with Halo. It's a strong choice right there. Okay, our final one in Paris. I'm going to get you involved on this one as well. So be ready. We're going around the table. Benji, what is your most anticipated game for 2022? And maybe even beyond because we got a lot of news to talk about, maybe for a big summer event coming up. People are excited about games coming soon. Let's talk about what you're anticipated for. Okay, so I would say for this year, out of what's officially announced, man, that is tough. <laughs> Maybe Starfield. We have seen so little on it, but I am a massive Bethesda Game Studios fan, uh, whether it's you know Fallout 3, Fallout 4, Elder Scrolls games. I love those big Bethesda RPGs and seeing them do a brand new IP. It's been so long since we've seen a brand new RPG out of, IP out of them. So Starfield has definitely got to be up there. To name one that's further off, and uh, this one probably doesn't show up on a ton of people's list, but Alan Wake 2. I'm a massive Alan Wake fan. Uh, I've been dreaming of a sequel for that game since literally the day I beat it. Um, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I'll be honest. There was many years where I was like, we're just never going to get that Alan Wake 2, are we? So that announcement for me, you know, it, it got me maximum hyped. So I'd say this year, probably Starfield further out uh, Alan Wake 2. Good selection right there. I like the Alan Wake call out. Paris <laughs> Lilly, I turn to you. I know we've been beating the drum about Starfield a lot here. What are you excited for? It's Starfield. I mean, yeah. it's it's for the potential of what it could be because because like Benji is saying, we know so little about it. Obviously, we've we've had the video series that Bethesda has been putting out. Oh. Um, they just did the one this week uh, going over the soundtrack and the audio, which, you know, phenomenal. Oh, but good. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. I, I'm ready for Todd Howard to give me the tour through the galaxy, through the universe, through the cosmos <laughs> of what Starfield is going to be. I, I, I want to know what this game is going to be. So as far as most anticipated, it, it's absolutely Starfield. And I, I think they've done a great job so far with the marketing because by not giving us everything, I think that just makes people even more excited to see it when, when they finally do announce it, which I, we would assume at this point is going to be at, at the Xbox showcase, which I know we'll talk about later, but um, 
yeah, that, that without a doubt, it, it's Starfield. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The fact that this is their first new IP mm-hmm. that they that Todd Howard and his team has done. And I think he said 25 years or something crazy like that. Crazy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. And uh, we don't have much longer to wait, I would assume. OK, I like that. And yeah, I'm going to ask you some questions about that virtual tour with Todd Howard Paris. So get ready for that when we talk about E3. And all of that, I guess not E3 now, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be a little fun with it because I was going to say Starfield as well. I've been saying it all year long. I'm very excited. But I'm going to give you something different that I'm really amped up for. And that's Mario Strikers Battle League. Ooh. I cannot wait to turn on the Switch and play Mario Strikers again. This is an old school favorite that I love way back in the GameCube and Switch days. That is just fun. Good times with your friends. I miss me and Paris have talked about it, right? That couch competitive co-op that we miss so much of yelling at your friends from NBA Street to, of course, NFL Street and beyond all of those games that brought you together. And, you know, Mario Strikers is that game for me and my friends. I cannot wait to play this. Of course, it is on that Nintendo online service, so I don't know how well it will do with everybody not being in the same room, but I know I'm going to get a lot of joy out of this one. So I cannot wait for this to come out this summer. But guys... Enough about all that. Let's jump into the Xbox news. But first, I got to tell you that this is the Kind of Funny Xcast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and of course, on your favorite podcast service around the globe. Don't forget, we are now Epic Games Partners, which means you can use our Epic Creator Code anytime when you're buying V-Bucks, upgrading your look in Rocket League, or buying games off the Epic Games Store. So please remember use kind of funny at checkout to help support the team and talking about support we want to give a big shout out to our patreon producers for the month of april gordon mcguire fargo brady Prankski, dan golden spider b tyler ross delaney twinning first responder and d julian the gluten-free gamer james hastings and casey andrews thank you all so much for your support and don't forget that this week the kind of funny x cast is sponsored by razor lumen and brother printers me and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's jump in to the big news of the week. And all eyes are on June 12th. We got a big blog post coming from Xbox over on the Xbox Wire by our good friend, Will Tuttle. He writes, today, we are excited to announce that the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase will stream on Sunday, June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This show will feature amazing titles coming from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and our partners around the world. The Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase will include everything you need to know about the diverse lineup of games coming soon to the Xbox ecosystem, including upcoming releases to Xbox Game Pass on Xbox and PC. Of course, you can tune into the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase on a number of different streaming platforms, over 30 languages. You can go find all that out over on the Xbox blog. Um, but guys, this is the news we've been waiting for. Everybody yeah. has turned an eye to the summer for all of the years, thanks to E3 and, of course, Jeff Keighley's summer kickoff. Now we know E3 is gone, but Xbox holds strong to that June date right there. Ben, I'll kick it to you first. What's the excitement level heading into summertime, knowing that we will get year two of the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase? 
I mean, it's got to be a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I am incredibly excited for this. You know, I've always loved E3 season, and I know it's not technically E3 anymore, but it's still that big summer showcase, getting to see all the latest games and everything. And I think this one in particular, you know, it's easy to say this every year, but I feel like this is going to be a really strong show out of Xbox and Bethesda because they have so many studios that seem like they should be lined up, ready to really show us some stuff, including games, you know, not necessarily just all things we've never heard of, but even things that have already been announced, like we've mentioned Starfield, Forza Motorsport. I really think this is going to be a really strong showing from them. They just seem there's so many studios that we either don't know what they're working on yet or we've heard, but we've hardly seen anything. So uh, I would say I am legitimately 10 out of 10 hyped for this one. Um, and, and I think there's a chance this could be Xbox's strongest showcase that they've had yet. I think there is honestly a good chance of that. Benji, I love that. Personally, <laughs> I come out with a little apprehension, though. I look at my notes. I'm going through my notes. I only see Starfield and Redfall right now for this year. And I, I'm, I'm looking off into the ethos going, well, they say a diverse lineup. Benji over here saying... 23 studios it's time to line up you and i and gary we've talked about it it is time to line up over yeah. on the xbox side do you believe that this is year they really show a big diverse star stud lineup well it's interesting because you, you know you and i were talking offline right before we started and you know i was bringing up the point that you know the show's probably going to want to be in like 90 minutes like it always is it's not enough time because they have so many things that they could potentially talk about, just like Benji alluded to, that we either don't know what they're working on, we've not seen a show banjo. Come on, okay. <laughs> I gotta um, do it, Paris. I gotta do it. <laughs> but they have so many things that we either don't know what they're working on, or we haven't seen, we've seen so little of it that I don't care what they show. It doesn't matter what they show in those 90 minutes. I'm telling you right now, we're gonna walk away thinking, man, was that it? Why did they talk about this? Why did they talk about that? Because that's just how many projects Xbox Game Studios has going on. Not even to mention the partnerships they potentially have. What, what's the one game from Avalanche? Was it Contraband? Contraband? Yeah. yeah, Contraband as an example, right? You know there's going to be even more of those. So I say all that to say that those are going to be 90 exciting minutes of announcements that's going to come out of, of the showcase for Xbox and Bethesda. Like you said, we know about Starfield, which in my opinion, probably closes the show. I would think yeah. you hold that as the main event. Redfall, obviously they're going to show because we know about that. I would imagine turn tens there with Forza Motorsport. That though, that would be my guess at this point, the rest of it, who knows? <laughs> literally who knows you yeah, got I mean, hellblade 2 you got fable you got avowed you got the outer well why outer, outer worlds too um hell <laughs> perfect dark i mean there, there's so many other things i mean we know the coalition is going to have gear six but they've already said they're going to do something before gear six mm -hmm. do we see that to showcase unreal engine 5 i mean there's so many different things. Obviously, we know more content is going to come from 343 with, with Halo Infinite, as, as an example. Obviously, the rumors with certain Infinity, stuff like that. That's just things I'm thinking of off the top of my head. We know Compulsion Games is working on something. We know In Exile is working on something. We know State of Decay 3 is out there. I mean, it's like the list goes on and on of things that they could show or could potentially talk about at this showcase. So so I am with you, Benji. I, I do think this has the potential to be the, the best showcase they've ever done and and i don't even say that lightly this could literally be the best one they've ever done because this has the potential of setting up 
their roadmap for the next five years of games mm-hmm. that we could see. I don't know if they want to go that far out in time and show that. Maybe they keep it more closer to the vest, which is why I say, again, 90 minutes is simply not enough. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what they show, it is not enough for all the announcements. But I, I, I fully expect Starfield to be the star of this show. No, no pun intended, but <laughs> but it, because, you know, we know so little about it. We know what the potential of what I keep saying potential a lot because that's because we don't know anything. So everything's yeah, yeah. potential. But, uh, you know, Todd Howard knows, guys, I, I, I'm excited to see it. And I really do hope we get to see for Forza Motorsport here because, yeah. I mean, this is going to be the first next only next gen forza you know and Mm -hmm. look how good horizon 5 was coming from playground so let's see what turn 10 could do with that which and i know i'm talking a lot and i apologize which (laughs) makes me think this is probably the first next gen and in in its current gen i get it but you get my point this is the the only next gen series x slash x games are probably at this right i mean i'm Mm -hmm. sure there'll still be some outliers that'll be on xbox one but the main event games this is where we make that transition into only being on Series X and Series S. So I'm excited about that, too, to see what the potential of God, I'm saying potential a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but to see what this hardware can do with games that are optimized only for that hardware, that's probably the most exciting thing that I think can come out of this for me. So should be good. June 12th, I, I will definitely be tuned in and watching. Oh, man, you you got to love it. You can feel the energy with you, me, and Benji of like. Did I say 10th? Exciting, I meant 12th. Right? <laughs> no, you said 12th. You're good. Okay. Uh, it will be really exciting, right? For Xbox fans, we've come to know summer as the time where we get the big E3 showcase. We get the big Xbox blowout and having Bethesda in the back pocket. It is really cool, right? And you do look at the 23 studios, the diverse lineup that they could bring to you, right? And you think of, well, what's Machine Games doing over there? with where's Wolfenstein 3 because I miss you Barrett was even ready with the video because he knows yeah, I'm maybe Wolfenstein but at the same time are we going to see Indiana Jones will we get a title splash for that do we get CGI treatment right like what is going on with a lot of these Bethesda teams as well as you take a look over at Zenimax and that rumored new MMO and what that could be of course we're going to get the easy content of you know uh, sea of thieves elder scrolls online right you know that we're going to get those easy packages that say hey there's more content coming to these games but the question marks are what's more exciting to me compulsion what are you making right this is that yeah. one studio that we've all looked at and said okay well we know the games they've made and either you love them or you're on the fence and you don't care for them right but this is a studio where you look around going okay it's your time to shine what are you yeah. going to wow me with right and paris you brought up in exile excited to see that rumored first person shooter rpg what does this mean right it's easy to put a bunch of words on the board but it's harder to show it and uh, have some fun with it but yeah go paris oh i i was just unfortunately i i think i might have to burst your bubble because i actually oh. take this back to kind of funny daily when when you were on Tell um with, with greg earlier this week i don't think we're getting wolfenstein 3 oh, and as much I as that know. hurts my soul to say yeah. it, i've I mean, been wondering look, the same look look Machine Games clearly isn't just one team. I'm sure they have multiple teams that are working on stuff. But if I had to guess, Indiana Jones is a priority. I think we see Indiana Jones before we see Wolfenstein, and we definitely won't see them on the same show. It's going to be one or the other, in my opinion. And I, and I just, I, I don't know. It's just my spidey sense is telling me 
I mean, Indiana you Jones. Up, you bring up Spidey Sense Paris, and you know, before the last PlayStation event, right? <clears throat> I know yes. it's a different co a company and stuff like that. We were guessing of like, oh yeah, we might see one thing from Insomniac, and we've got both Spider-Man Two and Wolverine in one showcase. You are correct. Could Machine Games pull it out? Could they pull it out? I want to believe because we've been you know what Wolfenstein Three for <laughs> so goddamn long. I'm going to contradict <laughs> everything I just said. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> because the because of the point that you made yeah, up. Maybe go. we, maybe they, they'll, and, and I can't remember what year this was, the Bethesda showcase, but they teased Wolfenstein 2. Like it was like an Easter egg in, in like some screen they were showing where if you looked cool. at it, you go, oh, that's Wolfenstein. Mm. I think they, maybe they do that. Maybe they just do that. You, you get a little teaser, a little Easter egg in there for Wolfenstein. Like we haven't forgotten about it. It's coming back. But not right now. <laughs> I don't think it's coming anytime soon. But. Talking about the workhorse, right? Studios like that. You now have, of course, Obsidian, Avowed, yeah. Outer Worlds 2. They yes. have Grounded, right? We're still waiting on that 1.0 release. There's yep. the rumor of, could they do a Fallout New Vegas-style game, right? Of, like, is that partnership going to be in the works? But, Benji, I'll turn to you. What yeah. do you think when you see Obsidian just, like, working hard creating all these titles are you excited for avowed oh yeah do we see outer worlds too what what do you think about this studio over there yeah i mean obsidian's incredible um and, and i really like the comparison like you guys were mentioning of insomniac i've seen some people um almost make that comparison that obsidian not necessarily in terms of gameplay but in some ways they kind of feel like a uh, microsoft's version of insomniac because insomniac's one of those studios that's always juggling multiple games at a time and it seems obsidian's all in on that as well i loved the outer worlds one um i, I thought it was a really great game um especially for a first stab at a new ip and one that didn't have like a gigantic budget you know if you remember that was under the private division label mm -hmm. which is more like targeting you know not necessarily like tiny indie games, but not the ones with the giant, you know, huge budgets. It's more like that in between. So to see what they can potentially do with the Outer Worlds 2, which is going to have, you know, the full weight of Microsoft and Xbox behind them. That's really exciting. Um, Avowed sounds like it could be incredible, especially because we might be waiting for some time for Elder Scrolls 6. So to get some sort of fantasy RPG out there um, during that wait time that we have for Elder Scrolls, I think is really smart. Um, so yeah, I think we'll see something from Obsidian here. I think that there's a good chance of Vowds here um, because I think the Outer Worlds 2 is probably still a little bit too far off for them to talk about. Um, but I could definitely see a Vowd potentially being at this show. So, so if, if, if I could jump in on that, because yeah. you, you bring up a good thing. You talk about Avowed, and you talk about Fable. Mm. I just can't... I'm being negative, Nancy. I'm sorry. but No, I think I'm going to agree with what you're about to yeah, say. Yeah, I just can't see those two games coming out anywhere near close to each other, which Ooh. then begs the question, which one's first? Like, I personally think... I think Obsidian gets Avowed out in the next couple of years. I think Fable's way further off on the horizon than than we would imagine and you know the pandemic has something to do with that with delays but i wouldn't hold my breath for fable completely agree 2026 <laughs> and i know people are hearing this going why but Stop. i'm telling you i see that way further off in the horizon i could see a vowed coming to be honest with you as early as late next year probably 2024 mm -hmm. Then I think you're not going to then immediately jump right into Fable after that. I think Fable's at least a couple years behind Avowed, if if I had to guess. But I, I do like your your comparison with Obsidian 
being like Insomniac is with with PlayStation, because I, I think of all the acquisitions that Xbox made over the past few years, that's the one that excited me the most, because I think the one thing this is kind of similar with Double Fine, where I think the one thing that has always held Obsidian back is having having to worry about moving to the next project. Okay, who are we, who's going to be our publisher, whatever. And they've made these um, these amazing games, but you know, they've come out a little buggy here or there, but mm-hmm. the potential, the talent at that studio has always been apparent, you know, for well over a decade because it's like even when when the uh, the outer the outer worlds came out. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go go to a preview event and talk to some of the devs at that time and i even told them back then this is you know even before all all this went down with xbox just how much i've loved their games over the years so for them to now have the financial and qa backing of microsoft behind them i mean avowed is like we talk about anticipated games i mean it's definitely up there for me just thinking Mm -hmm. what what you're unlocking the full i'm saying potential again but you're unlocking (laughs) the full potential of what obsidian can do with it with an original rpg so it's very exciting and then we talk about the fallout new vegas stuff again i'm not expecting it anytime soon but come on that that has to be a passion a passion project to let obsidian make a sequel to that which in my personal opinion is the best fallout game ever made Ooh, nice i like that benji you talked about halo and of course season two let's talk about now because Mm. right now a week from now will be Halo Season 2. We know what we're getting. We kind of know what Big Joe Staten and the team over at 343 have in line for the roadmap, right? But with that being so close to this, we'll just call it the E3 presentation for right now, right? Do you think I, as a Halo fan, will get Halo information at this June 12th briefing? Or do we already have the Halo information we don't need to go back? Is certain affinity ready to rock and roll with this mm. or, or is 343 hiding something in their pocket for june 12th <laughs> i i think there's a pretty good chance i'm not going to say it's like a lock or like 100 percent. i think there's a pretty good chance you'll at least see something halo related here mostly because i know i, I think that microsoft's aware about uh some of the feedback they've been getting in regards to content for halo infinite in regards to things around that and they just had a really good stream i really liked the season two stream that they did the uh, devs were very honest on it which i really appreciated i think the big question here is if certain affinity is ready to show what they're working on you know we have all heard the rumors about what that potentially could be is it some sort of battle royale type mode if that's ready to be shown I think you'll get something. Otherwise, they may wait because I think it's probably too early for like, you know, a single player expansion or something like that. That's probably going to be further off. So if I had to guess if certain affinities ready to show something and it's who knows, maybe it's targeting coming out at the end of this year. We don't know that, but maybe if it's coming at the end of this year, I think they'll show it. If it's further off, then they might wait. Oh, I'm excited, Paris, because we're talking VR. What you got? I, I God, I just feel like I'm being so negative on this episode. <laughs> I, I actually disagree. Do not show Halo at, at, at this showcase okay. at all. Okay. And, and, and the reason I'm saying that is it's a game that's already out. We obviously have seen all the news that, that has happened here in the first half of the year, um, you know, with the extended time, you know, for the seasons, all that stuff. I would almost, I think they would be better off decoupling halo from the showcase and when they are ready to show off the co-op campaign when they are ready to show forge when they are ready to show whatever certain certain affinity is working on make it its own thing right really 
give it the time that it because again you only got 90 minutes here right so whatever they're showing it's going to be quick it's not going to be enough so i would rather not take those precious minutes and seconds away from the showcase where you can show new things and new experiences that people have not seen yet and let we already know about halo let halo have have its time i mean like i said maybe more you know what gamescom there you go do it at gamescom don't do it here do it at gamescom <laughs> or, or its own sure. thing later in the summer where it can have more time to breathe and and 343 can really talk through here's what the network co-op campaign looks like here's these new modes that we're working on you know where you can really start talking to the community really because i'm telling you forge needs a lot of time for oh, yeah. them to really explain it and showcase it and demo it so people understand what they're getting into. Because, you know, we talked about it on the show many times. To me, that's kind of the missing piece right now with people being upset with the lack of content. If we had Forge, then you tell the community, go create your own new experiences. Here you go. We are giving you the tools. We're letting you go in the sandbox to play and you show us what you can do. Cause I guarantee you when forge does come out, we're going to see some stuff that we never thought like, wait, you could do that. I didn't think you could do that. Wow. You know, (laughs) that's going to happen. So yeah, long, long winded to say, don't put it in the showcase, do it later in the year so that it can be the 100% focus of of the community's attention when, when they do show whatever they're going to show. Now guys, you know, I'm a big battle Royale guy. So my dream, (laughs) As I close my eyes, and all of a sudden you hear the crashing of ODST drop pods oh, and just nice. put out and maybe the certain affinity banner, like you said, Paris, I don't think we need to show anything Halo here. We already know the situation that we're currently in with yep. 343 and Halo Infinite. We don't need anything, but if we are going to tease it, I hope it is that. I'm already living six months, nine months down the road where I'm looking at it going, man, if certain affinities thing is truly a battle royale, Warzone 2 is right around the corner. Yeah. What does that release window look like? Are we button up against these guys? Are we battling them? Do we need three months away from them? Do we need to be before them? Because we know the juggernaut is going to return with Call of Duty and especially Warzone 2. What could that be like? So I, I am thinking ahead of like, where does this window look like? Because I am excited to see two of my favorite game franchises coming out with possibly some great battle royales. But yeah. it will be really interesting to see who takes up the market share and how do you avoid them? And Benji will tell you with the sales, right? Like you got to have some sort of window away from each other or else you're going to become Titanfall too. And I know it kills Paris to hear that. He don't like that. You know, (laughs) Uh, another one I want to talk to you guys quickly about is Paris for the youngsters out there, right? We hear these rumored tales of Todd Howard coming out on stage and giving us deep dives of fallout and elder scrolls. What (laughs) if the youngsters like me, we don't know about these deep dives. What does this deep dive consist of? And how, in a conference like this, do you make it work, Paris? Or does he get his own time, similar to what we're seeing with the Bethesda rollout of Starfield content with these small Constellation episodes? How does this deep dive look like? And is it is it fabled to be that awesome? You know, I'm... I'm 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 conflicted on this one on on how I think they should handle this because obviously again traditionally Todd Howard comes out for an extended period of time you know towards the end of the showcase to show off whatever big game he's working on right and yeah, you, really you quick do a fo- for, for context right for Fallout Four which is what we're showing in B roll mm-hmm. this is thirty four minutes yes. in and of itself wow. yes. Fallout that's for awesome the showcase uh, twenty fifteen later in the year the game would be coming out. They're not going to do that this time. I, oh. I, I cannot envision them giving Todd Howard 30 minutes, maybe 15. 
Yeah, Maybe there's a 15-minute thing. Here, here's what I think. I think you have Todd Howard come out. He does a mini reveal, 10 to 15 minutes, gameplay of Starfield. He talks, he talks us through it. You know, remember we had Pete Hines on uh, last year. He kind of talked about some of this stuff too. But um, he talks through the game. What, what we're seeing. So we finally get to see it. We see what it looks like. He takes us to different locales, the whole, the whole thing. And then they go, and for an extended look, check us later. Like they have something else down the road where you can have that 30 minute look at Starfield because now the floodgates are open from the showcase, right? And then you give Todd Howard more time outside of the showcase to really show off uh, Starfield. I mean, you know, maybe it's pre-recorded, whatever. It's a YouTube video, whatever the case may be. But then you give the people the extended look because I, I do love his approach to his games where they don't show you anything until the very end, right before it comes out. And then that's when they give you the info dump. So it's more of a true representation of what the game is going to be versus some other games that I may or may not have been excited about over the years that shows it way too early. And then it winds up being something else, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Okay. I mean, you got me excited, right? Bear just brings up that was 34 minutes and Bear, so I'll give you the counterpoint, right? Or you can tell me, you know, when we look at it, right. I tell you Starfield and Redfall, right. Are the only two games on the board as we know. And then there's a bunch of other games. Xbox fans have been a little uptight about announcing things too early being mm -hmm. shown CGI trailer after CGI trailer. Is it completely off the table for the idea of Todd Howard to get 34 minutes to Starfield? Or would that break so. up the flow? You know what I mean? I think so, because and it goes back to what I was saying at the top. If you give Todd Howard 30 minutes, then what I mean, either you're just sizzle reel for everything else, <laughs> or you're only gonna focus on just a handful of games at the showcase. Obviously, Redfall needs some time here yeah, because yeah. Yeah. you know, last we knew it was coming out this summer. Maybe got delayed a little bit, but you know, this summer, maybe into the fall, Redfall is coming out, so that needs some time to show. If Forza Motorsport is coming out this year, that's going to need some time. I mean, ninety minutes will go just like that. By the time yeah. you go through other, I mean, it'll be gone. And if you're giving, you're literally giving Todd Howard a third of the time. I mean, no, no, no. There, there's no way. There, there's no way they're going to do that for, for Starfield. I, I can't see it. I can see finally seeing the gameplay. It gets more time than the rest of the games. But if Todd wants to do the true deep dive into it, to me, it makes sense to splinter it off into its own thing down the road. I mean, we, we're in a digital age now where it doesn't have to be live on a stage to do it. He can go, hey, I'm Todd Howard. He does a voiceover and, and they go through and play the game, you know, picking up from where we were at the Xbox showcase. <laughs> here's an extended look at Starfield and all the music and you go from there. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's, that's just me. What do I know? I don't know yeah. anything. That's exactly what I was going to say. I could see 10 to 15 minutes. I think we will see more of Starfield than any other game this show. Like, I think it will get the longest period of time. But right as what you were saying, 30 minutes in an hour and a half showcase with how much they have to show, I just don't think that that, that would work because that basically leaves you, let's say it's 90 minutes, you have one hour left to show right. everything else. I just don't think you could make that happen. So, yeah, I think we'll see more Starfield than anything, but I can't see him going over 15 minutes. NJ, I want to ask you, we talk about the second game, Redfall. I want to get, mm -hmm. I want to gauge your excitement for Redfall and then let's break down what we could see at Redfall because in my mind right now, Benji, right, like Paris just said, it was slated for summer 2022. 
you know, summer is almost in full effect. We'll definitely be in summer full effect by June 12th here. Is this a, hey, the game's out now? Or will they crush this <laughs> with a, this is, you know, delayed to October, whatever? Like, what what are your feelings on Redfall right now? So on a personal level, just in terms of like excitement or not, I would say that this isn't one of the games on the Xbox lineup that I'm most anticipating, right? It's not something that I don't care about, but it's also not something that's going to be up there with like the fables for me or or games like that. Um, But it is an important game for Xbox potentially this year because we've seen that these co-op focused games um, do huge numbers on Game Pass. You know, whether that was Back for Blood, um, which did, I mean, giant numbers, whether that was Outriders during its launch month, that did huge numbers on Game Pass, um, or even Rainbow Six Extraction. You know, that game hit over 3 million players in a week, and definitely a lot of that came from Game Pass for sure. Um, And Redfall, as we know, it sounds like one of those kinds of games you probably can play it single player, but the co-op is kind of the main draw of it. So it's a potentially really important game for Microsoft because these co-op games do great on Game Pass. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not like massively hyped for it. Um, I think it's still going to be this year. It maybe got a slight delay. Um, I could see this maybe coming out like September or so. If it got pushed later than that, I think that could potentially become a problem if it comes into like October or November, because we know how stacked that those, you know, months are going to end up being. Um, but if they could get this out by September at the latest, I think that'd be a great slot for it. Well, guys, we have so much to talk about this. And June is far away, but it will be here soon enough. And you know, here at Kind of Funny, we'll have all the fun predictions and guessing episodes, and we'll keep track of who thought the best. But I do want to end it with this one. Paris, Lily, and Benji, will we see any hardware? Maybe the dreamt-up Gary Witta streaming stick, an Elite (laughs) Series 3 controller. Do you think hardware is in the cards or where we're at right now? We will just see games. Paris Lily, you can start. That's a tough one. I think at the showcase, no. If they wind up doing something else, maybe that's the place. I mean, I I think I go back and think last year, obviously, you know, I did extended and that's where they did design lab. That makes more sense there than it does on the, on the main show, because you want the main show focused on all the games that are coming out. I I would imagine if there's any big hardware, unless they're like a new Xbox is coming out, then maybe (laughs) they would do that. But if it's like controller stuff or maybe even things with, with X cloud, maybe you do that at a secondary show. But I I do think like, I, I I understand like the level of like the design labs being at an extended showcase for like the really like hardcore Xbox fans that are like coming in and like, want to make uh, want to make their Xbox controller their own when it comes to like the streaming stick the 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 you know the long dreamt of streaming stick from Gary Witta right like if they if they had something of that level I think they would do it at their big showcase because that feels like a I remember when like Phil Spencer came out and like really like dropped the bomb of like backwards compatibility and that was like an E3 moment kind of thing I I, I think if they had something to that equivalent of like this is like this is the future of your Xbox, and it's this stick, right? If they had something to like that equivalent, I think they would they would show it for their showcase to really like have it be a bomb of like, hey, this is where the future of of, of Xbox and video games are going, kind of moment. But that's I'm gonna scary. disagree. I'm oh, gonna disagree. Right, I, I'm just completely not agreeing with anyone <laughs> negative today. I don't care. Score I, don't, I don't know if they'll uh, actually do it this year, but if they had a device like that ready, I think they would do it the showcase. Well, yeah. uh, well, but I, I'll go back to what I was saying again. Ninety minutes, 
It's a game showcase. I don't think they want to muddy the waters too much talking about services. I think the, the only service that they're going to hype and not even really go into major detail would probably be Game Pass, right? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think they want to steer it too much into the cloud stuff. I think you'll just see, you know, it'll be on Xbox, PC, cloud, Game Pass. Like, they'll, they'll do stuff like that. And what do I know? I don't know anything. This is just me wanting to disagree with you, I guess. But <laughs> he's hot I right now. completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, Benji, let's stick really quick before we go on this one. Yeah. Partnerships, Game Pass. We see a small partnership brewing right now with Ubisoft, bringing mm-hmm. on two titles in the next two months. Do we see this explode come June with more titles being added to the catalog? I think you're definitely going to see some really big announcements of third-party games coming day one to the service. Um, I don't know if we'll see, um, you know, like a, a, a big multi-game long-term partnership, like what the uh, Ubisoft is or what EA uh, Access, right? Is that what it is? Or is it EA Play? Yeah, I always I forget. Yeah, 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 EA Play. I don't know if we'll get an announcement of that level um, where it's like, hey, here's like five or six upcoming games from this publisher. So, But I definitely think you are going to get some really big day one announcements from third parties, particularly games that involve some sort of co-op or online component. Um, it's just tailor-made. Those games do great on the service. Single-player games do as well. But you know, we know that those those co-op and online games, if you look at the most played list, it's a lot of those types of games. So um, you're going to get some big stuff. I don't know if we get a major long-term partnership, but I'm expecting some big third-party games, yeah. Okay, rad. Well, we're going to end this segment of getting hyped for the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase on June 12th with a tweet from, of course, Phil Spencer, the man, the myth, the legend. He wrote this, <laughs> getting ready for events, spending time with studios, reviewing demos, announces, and scripts is one of the most fun parts of this job. I feel like a fan who has snuck behind stage watching the show get created. I can't wait for 612 to show the amazing work of so many amazing, talented teams. So get ready for the excitement and talking about excitement. We have more excitement to share right after a word from our sponsors. When I needed a printer, I turned to Twitter and so many of you told me brother was the way to go. For more than a year now, Jen and I have been using our brother printer for immigration paperwork, baby paperwork, and a million other things. It's been great, but you know what printers need? Ink. And while it used to be a hassle to get ink, Brother's Refresh Easy print subscription has made it easy. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a printing plan that is based on the number of pages you print. You choose a monthly plan based on your print volume needs, color, black and white, and all print for one monthly cost. And instead of having to remember to buy replacement ink cartridges, your printer does the work for you through an intelligent ink and toner level monitoring feature that tracks the remaining amount of ink or toner and orders it before you run out. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a convenient, worry-free way to print. Each plan is flexible and you can change or cancel your subscription at any time. So what are you waiting for? Stop running out of ink when you need it most and put your printer to work with the Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service by signing up at brother-usa.com slash print with refresh. Again, that's brother-usa.com a.com print with refresh to sign up for the brother refresh easy print subscription service and stop worrying about your ink levels all right guys let's chat skincare if your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school then it's time to level up your skincare game because as it turns out that regular body wash you've been using that you thought was good enough is probably damaging your skin 
But thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, you name it, it's all there. Starting with Lumen is easy. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for your skincare needs. Gia's been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh afterward. She has dry skin, so especially during the winter, it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation. Also, she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash kindoffunny for a free trial. Lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny. Hey, computer people, announced at CES and available now, the latest generation of Razer Blades feature all new NVIDIA GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs and up to an RTX 3080 Ti featuring a suite of cutting edge features to improve gameplay, including NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA Reflex delivers the ultimate competitive advantage, the lowest latency, the best responsiveness. Get the competitive edge you need at sub 25 milliseconds. And I asked the one, the only, the Nitro Rifle. Andy Cortez is that good? And he said, ooh wee, sub 25 milliseconds is great. And I said, that's fantastic. Acquire targets faster, react quicker, and increase aim precision in the most competitive games such as Apex Legends, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and more. Learn more about the Razer Blades powered by NVIDIA GPUs with NVIDIA Reflex technology at Razer.com. All right, guys, welcome back. Talking about excitement, let's keep the excitement and hype going. Paris Lily, you have a device in your household, <laughs> in your hands that you have been waiting for, you are excited for, and you finally get to share your impressions and some Xbox love with the Xcast here. So let's talk about that Steam Deck right now and some of your, let's give the first impressions so far. So, yeah, and, and obviously I know a lot of people listen to this, so it's pointless to, you know, show this on video. But yes, I have the Steam Deck. Um, I have the 64 gigabyte model and okay. I put a one terabyte um, SD card oh, in no it way. Um, because just doing my research and everything actually games load just as fast on the SD card as they do from the internal SSD. So I didn't necessarily need the bigger hard drive on there. Just an FYI for, for people um, as you're pre-ordering this and as you're waiting. But I, I'm very impressed with, with this hardware. Um, I had even tweeted it at one point that you know it looks big when you hold it it just feels right the 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 stick placement of of the the, the joysticks makes a lot of sense the button placements make a lot of sense when you're holding it um this is easily the best joysticks on a portable device i've ever used ever Ooh, wow i mean it feels like it rivals holding an xbox controller it really does when you're playing as far as the precision of being able to control you know whatever game that you're playing um I, you know, in my excitement, the first game that I wind up trying was Prey um, from Bethesda because it was in my Steam library. So that just made it easy. So I loaded that up, played Prey. I've been playing Portal 2, been playing God of War on there. And uh, shout out to Greg Miller. I've been playing Rogue Legacy 2. We, we, we uh, actually <laughs> just got that yesterday and I've been playing that. And I actually, I've, the majority of what I've been playing since yesterday is Rogue, Rogue Legacy 2. And that just goes back to what I was saying being kind of you know being that that roguelite platformy type of game the precision controls and everything it just worked great it just works fine I, I don't even think about it at this point i'm just playing the game and and having a great time with it um but the other part with this being an xbox show 
Uh, I've been playing um, Xbox Cloud Gaming on here as well. Um, there's there's a tutorial that you can get online that shows you how to set it up. It takes about five, 10 minutes of work, depending on if you have an external keyboard or you're trying to manually type it on the Steam Deck because there are a few different lines of code, not code, but command lines that you'll have to put in um, to get it working. And then you're basically able to add it as a quote unquote non-Steam game into your Steam library. And then you're able to launch it from Steam. And it brings up, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, it brings up all the Game Pass games via cloud. And I'll say this too, and I don't say this lightly, it is the best cloud streaming experience that I've had Ooh. so far. Like I am, I am pleasantly shocked at how low the latency has been. I mean, it feels like it's damn near one-to-one. Um, wow. I played Bug, Bug Snacks, uh, was like one of the first games that I tried on there. If I didn't tell someone I was cloud streaming, you'd never know. That's yeah. how good it was to play cool. it. Play a little bit of Dev Store, played uh, Wolfenstein, you know, played Halo, things like that over over cloud. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I'm not, you know, a little, little hiccup here and there, obviously, but 90% of the time, just having a good gaming experience on there. So I'm I'm very impressed with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to Catherine and her team over at the cloud team at Xbox that that put this together because they've, they've done a phenomenal job with this. I mean, I highly recommend anyone that has a Steam Deck, definitely add that to your arsenal because it just unlocks even more games that you're going to be able to play. Um, even the native Xbox games on, on, uh, on, on Steam, because uh, like I have Forza Horizon 4 on there, worked, worked fine. No, no issues natively on there as well. Um, but this thing, and I tweeted this out, this I, and and I jokingly said I go the PlayStation Vita crawled so the Nintendo Switch could walk, but <laughs> it's the Steam Deck that is showing me the potential of the future of where portable gaming is going to go because wow. it provides so much. Because this is a PC for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be real. You could do whatever you want. You you could put Windows on this thing. You could put emulator, whatever you want to put on here. You can do. It's it, it's showing me the potential as future revisions of the hardware come out from Valve or, or other other third parties as these portable devices get more powerful, as the battery life on them extends and you have all these, you're able, the flexibility of it being a portable or using it in a desktop mode and making it a PC, playing wherever you want, however you want, that's the future, man. It is. Okay. And, and again, this is the 1.0 product of that. No, this is not, this is still a tinkerer's dream because you can tinker with this thing and play around with it and do all this fun stuff. Not everyone wants to do that. Most people just want to hit the power button and play, which this can do if you play theme games, but it's showing the potential of where it's going. I mean, like I said, the the cloud streaming capabilities of this, the local play capabilities of this and steam isn't the only store that you can have on here. Again, you can do whatever you want. I can put GOG on here. I can put the Epic store on here. I can do what I want. You know, again, I can put Windows and Just load up the Xbox. Don't dare app play Destiny on it, Paris. Don't you dare. No, 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 no. <laughs> can't do that because of the. Yeah, you can't play Halo Infinite either, by the way. Just, wow. just so you know, for the that, same reason, there's, there's anti cheat okay. stuff. But I'm, I'm super excited about this, and I've only had it, you know, a few days, and I already see the the, the hype behind this. I see why Valve made this. Like, it's just. Like, like I, I don't know, people watching on the camera, you can probably see the excitement in my face, but it's like, I'm a big nerd. So as a nerd, this is a dream for me that <laughs> I literally can take. I mean, we're talking console PC, AAA level games, wherever I want to go. 
and play them at high quality and high precision. It's amazing. It absolutely yeah, is amazing. amazing. And the fact that I can I can customize this thing and tinker with it and do whatever I want with it. I could take SteamOS completely off of here and load up Archlytics if I want. I can do whatever I want. That that's the beauty of this thing, and that's the potential of where the, I like to call it hybrid gaming, where hybrid gaming is going. I mean, the Switch obviously showed us first how you can do it, where it can be a portable, or you can put it in basically TV mode and play it on your TV. You can do this with with this right now. But as we continue to move forward, and as like I said, you're gonna see Valve learn from this, and they're constantly updating this thing. They they just put um, in the beta channel. I can limit this to 40 frames per second. And the importance mm. of that is it saves on battery life, but mm-hmm. you still get that smooth experience that you would get at 60 frames. So I playing it at 40. Like if anyone that plays on PlayStation Insomniac does that with like with Ratchet and they just did it with Spider-Man, oh. things like that. But that's the potential of this and where, where it's going. So yeah, this is a 1.0 product. I get that not every everyone's you know, like me. Obviously, I was talking about this for weeks until I finally got it. Not everyone has it yet. But I think once you get it in your hands and you experience it for yourself, you'll, you'll see what I mean, that this may not be the one, but this will spark the potential of the <laughs> one that's going to really unlock where just this portable hybrid gaming customization flexibility in gaming is going to go. I mean, it's exciting. Like we'll have this conversation three years from now and there's, there's going to be some version of the steam deck that is just going to absolutely blow our minds where you're playing all your Xbox games on it, your PlayStation games, whatever on this thing, high quality, high frames. And it's just going to freaking work. That's where we're going. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. In your excitement, I'm sure it gets me, Benji and everyone <laughs> excited. Benji, I'm going to need your help. We're going to ask Paris a couple of questions, whatever you want to know about this product. Let's make sure to ask it just like one of our live viewers did. Remember, you can watch the show live on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can support us if we're at any of the tiers over there. And then at a certain tier, you can watch it live just like BJ Bernardo did. And he writes, yo, Paris Lily, does the screen feel too small on the Steam Deck? And how is the battery life? Absolutely not. And, and it's funny, I, I switch and it's like after playing on, on the Steam Deck compared to the Switch, I feel like the Switch's screen is too small where I never oh, wow. thought that before. Okay. Um, but to the battery life question, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And that's why the 40 frames per second limiter, um, you know, comes in handy. I've noticed hmm, maybe two and a half hours, maybe three, okay. depending on the game. Again, I'm talking like I'm playing like a, playing like prey or something like that a very you know graphic intensive game or god of war or something like that you know like when i've been playing rogue legacy i never i mean that it, it was fine because it's less intensive right but that's why i was talking about limiting the 40 frames because that's going to kind of extend your your battery life at the same time and you're virtually getting the same experience you're really not going to notice that much that you're not playing at 60 frames and again when you're playing some of the bigger games anyways they're not going to go to 60 you know regardless you know because they're they're you know because you know this thing can only do so much in, in a portable in its current state but i mean like i said overall i've i've, I've been impressed with it i i like i said the, the battery life is going to be the limiter to truly get mass adoption for it and as battery tech improves and as cp you know all that stuff improves like i said there's going to be a revision of this thing a few oh, yeah. years from now where now you're getting five six hours of battery life and then i think that's when you're really going to see people start to jump on board with this thing 
Benji, any questions about the Steam Deck you'd like to answer? Yeah, so you you uh, touched on this a little bit before. Um, for someone like me that's mostly a console gamer, does this feel fairly pick up and play for a lot of stuff? Is it fairly easy to just pick it up, jump into a game, and not have to mess with a ton of stuff? Um, or does it feel a little more intensive where you really got to mess with a lot of stuff? And Yes and no. Mm. And I know that it's not a fair answer. But yes, in this sense. When I just was in my native Steam library and I just played Portal 2, it's pick up and play. I, I never went into settings once. I didn't do anything. I just played. But when I first did this with Prey, believe it or not, mm -hmm. the control layout that I had, it had the back buttons enabled and it was it had the gyro enabled. And it was oh, wow. weird. I'm like, whoa, wait. This is <laughs> so I had to go in there and change some of that stuff so there is some tinkering even in in the native steam where you might want to pick a specific controller layout that mm -hmm. you want to use because again you have you have basically a mouse pad on this thing as well you can pull up a virtual keyboard you got the back buttons on here you got your triggers you got your your shoulder buttons so it's very customizable in that way but like you're saying you want that pick up and play experience at the same mm -hmm. time like as an example in cloud streaming it tells you in the instructions to pick um the controller and mouse keypad combo so then when i go in and play it it just plays like an xbox controller that way for whatever reason um like okay. i said most games that i've played so far god of war was was a pick up and play experience i didn't change anything mm. on that but i can i can see there's going to be some outliers in there and especially if you start customizing it and use like the epic store or other mm. stores or you start emulating you're probably going to have to go in there and tinker so i think in that way there's the best of both worlds if you want to be a tinkerer you can do it mm -hmm. but if you want to just have that pick up and play experience it seems like because i've only had a few days the majority of the games will allow you to do that that are cool. quote unquote steam deck ready because again when i picked up rogue legacy 2 just picked it up and played it no problem matter of fact it even popped a little message up to let me know whatever it said with that it was steam <laughs> ready compatible greg miller <laughs> but it just worked and i just played it just fine so like i said cool. for the most part it is and again valve is constantly updating this thing too which mm -hmm. which i think is exciting they're obviously supporting it and listening to feedback from the community and you know trying to get those wishlist items so that it can be a pickup and play experience cool all right well, guys, let's keep it going. Let's share some fun with Xbox. And Benji, this is where I need your help. We're really mm -hmm. happy to have you this week because we're going to talk Perfect. sales numbers. We're going to talk numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah. Because right now it seems like Xbox revenue is up. Market share is being taken over. And we need to talk about it because over from gamesindustry.biz by James Batchelor, I'm going to read right off the article. And Benji's going to help me because he knows all about this. <laughs> Microsoft has released the results for the third quarter of its fiscal year showing a strong performance for the company's Xbox business. For the three months ended March 31st, 2022, gaming revenue uh, gaming revenues were up 6% year on year. Microsoft added that this is improving on an already solid comparable quarter in 2021, a year mm -hmm. that benefited from recent launch of Xbox Series X and S and some continued stay-at-home measures. Uh, Nyko Partners analyst Daniel Ahmad Broke this down further, revealing revenues reached $3.74 billion and declaring this the, quote, best non-holiday quarter, end quote, in Xbox history. A 
Ahmad reports that Xbox content services, which encompasses game sales, digital transactions, subscriptions such as Xbox Game Pass, third-party game royalties, Xbox-related cloud services, and advertising accounts for 81% of gaming revenues or around $3.02 billion. There's a lot more, but Benji, let's jump into that right there. You are passionate about sales. You have a great background in sales. You break down the numbers on Twitter. We're happy to have you. What am I deciphering off of this? What are we hearing here? I think the most important number here out of this entire thing, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff to point out that, I mean, no doubt having your best ever non-holiday quarter, that's incredible, right? That That's just a, a stat that sticks out to you that's amazing. But one that's really worth pointing out here is hardware. Hardware is so strong in this quarter. So to put it into perspective, it was up. 14% and that might not sound like a giant number, right? You're like 14% growth, you know, that's that's nice, but it's not like 50% or 70%, but it's really important to remember that like um, you know, Microsoft noted in their earnings and like that article did, this is in comparison to what was already an excellent quarter last year. So to have that kind of growth, you know, it's not like so so last year during this time period they had massive hardware growth. But that was a lot easier to have because it was being compared to the Xbox One, right? And that was the end of that generation. So clearly Xbox One hardware sales had declined a lot. So a new console on the market is going to have huge growth over that. But to have 14% additional growth over what you had before, that's an excellent result. They have to be very, very happy with hardware. They noted on the earnings call that this was ahead of what they expected. They didn't expect to have as much growth in hardware as they did. And uh, that's really important in a current climate where there's global chip shortages on everything, right? It's like you can't even get cars or anything right now. So for hardware to not only grow, but to be growing during a chip shortage, uh, I'm sure that Microsoft is pretty ecstatic about that. The other things are nice too, the overall growth, the content and services growth, really nice. But that was the particular data point that really stuck out to me was how good hardware was. Thank you, Benji, for breaking that down. We also have some more positive coming out right now. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella also joined and discussed more of Xbox's accomplishments State are starting with the claim that the platform holder has, quote, taken share globally for two quarters in a row, end quote. He added that the Xbox Series X and S was the market-leading next-gen console during this quarter in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Western Europe. Earlier this week, the MPD group revealed Xbox enjoyed its biggest March ever in terms of U.S. sales, and the Xbox Series X and S generated the most dollar sales for the past quarter. Nadella also discussed the growth of Xbox Cloud Gaming, with more than 10 million people having streamed games to date. Xbox Cloud Gaming is only available to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, indicating that at least 40% of the 25 million Game Pass subscribers, as revealed earlier this year, are signed up to the higher tier. Benji, I'll kick it back to you because you're our guy right now. I mean, taking a global share for two quarters... What does that mean? Are they they dominating? What's up with that? <laughs> it just means that that gap with them um, 
and PlayStation 5 has gone down the last two quarters in a row. That's really the main thing to, to note here. It's not necessarily saying that they're, you know, gigantically outselling everyone and it's just, you know, leaving everyone in the dust. But the important thing for them, especially early on in a generation, is you don't want to give up a massive amount of market share really, really early because that's just giving people more time to tell their friends, hey, I've got a PlayStation or I've got, you know, whatever, you should get one too. You want to remain as competitive as you can early on in the gen because it's much harder to make that ground up later. So the important thing, basically the last two quarters in a row, the gap between them and the PlayStation 5 has not grown. It's actually gone down the last two quarters. So good result for them. They want to close that gap as much as they can. They're making up a lot of ground in the U.S. in particular. Um, they are doing nice, I'm sure, as you're probably going to note here, in, in other markets like Western Europe and Canada. Um, but U.S., they are doing stellar. They are doing very, very well ever since really November. Um, November, December, and into this year, they have had some really strong hardware sales in the U.S., and, and that's helping to close that gap. Well, let's pause really quick, Benji, because you brought up the other markets, right? You talk about the strength here in the U.S. Paint a picture for me. Talk about those other markets and how is Xbox gaining that foothold and gaining ground? Yeah. So, so one thing that's really hurting Sony right now are these shortages. It's affecting everyone as we know, but you can see how bad it's hurting them because of Western Europe. The fact that Microsoft was able to be the uh, market leader for next-gen consoles in Western Europe, that is a very impressive thing because um, PlayStation is usually dominant mm -hmm. in Europe. Like that is their stronghold out of any of the markets, right? Even including Japan, because that's really swung over to Nintendo now. So Europe has been where they are their absolute strongest. So for Microsoft to take a quarter off of them in Western Europe, A, that's great for Microsoft. It shows that the console is doing well there, but it also does paint a picture about how brutally these shortages are, are affecting PlayStation and Sony. Wow. Paris, I want to get you involved because there's something that perked up my ears and said, oh, Paris is going to smile about this. And that is <laughs> Nadella's conversation about X, uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming. 10 million people have streamed mm. games. 40 percent of the 25 million game pass subscribers that means they're game pass ultimate subscribers is that a positive news about that did you expect 40 percent to kind of be the marker i'm sure there's maybe more no, or it, less what do you think yeah it's, it's definitely positive news because what that shows is their, their strategy is working by tying their their cloud initiative into game pass mm -hmm. i've always thought that is what made the most sense compared to what some of their other competitors are, are doing in this space where you're, you're, you're opening up this, this service that you obviously can take advantage of on the console, you can take advantage on the PC, and they're saying the cloud is just another one of our platforms that you can go play. It's not the only way you can play. It's a choice. You can go try it out. Just like I talked about playing it on the Steam Deck. Obviously, I'm not. that's not going to be the primary way that I play my Xbox games, but it's there in a pinch, and that's the point. That's what cloud gaming is right now in its current iteration. That's why, you know, Barrett, we, you talk about this little streaming dongle and all that coming out. <laughs> It'll be another avenue to for that to happen. And you know what? Going to contra contradict myself again. If they announce this Game Pass family plan, it makes a lot of sense to announce a cloud streaming dongle right along with it. Because mm. now you're saying, hey, mom and, you know, mom and dad want to play a game. Everyone's using the Xbox. Here, go play it on the other TV with this dongle. There you go, right? 
I, I think that's what the family plan opens up. It's another avenue to be able to play and you supplement that with, with, with cloud gaming. So to hear that number about 40% make, makes a lot of sense and, uh, you know, good for them. Good for them. It, it shows the strategy is working. Benji, before the stream, before we did this podcast, we were talking about Xbox and how you're really interested and impressed by what this team is doing and where their yes. trajectory lies. We talk about these numbers and we talk about cloud gaming. What do you think? Is this the moment where they gain back a lot of ground and take a, a strong foothold? Is this just positive news? Where are you feeling right now as we stand here in 2022? I'm really confident about the direction of Microsoft right now. Uh, I've been saying that even before this generation started, whenever they started laying out their plans. Um, and really, even towards the tail end of last gen, we know that the beginning of the Xbox One generation was so rough. But I think they really started turning things around there towards the end. And uh, they are planning things out just very, very, very brilliantly. They're very forward thinking in that they're doing things like subscription services. They're doing things like xCloud. They're doing things like Games Day 1 on PC. Microsoft right now is just all about making that ecosystem as big as possible, um, which is smart, right? Whenever you tie yourself only to a console, strictly to a console, that is going to limit your long-term growth potential. Um, you can do amazing. That doesn't mean you can't do amazing being console only, but there's so much more room for growth whenever you have that console gaming, very important, but also expand beyond that. And I think that it fits directly into really the vision of Microsoft as a corporation as a whole, right? You don't see Microsoft as a whole have that idea of we're going to tie ourselves down. They want all of their services and everything they do, Azure and all of that everywhere. Um, so I, I see really strong synergy between Phil Spencer and Satya Nadella. Um, one thing I, I can add is a bit of a side note that, that I'm really liking. I, I'm always on these Microsoft earnings calls, and I'm not joking for years. I almost felt like I was wasting my time because there would be no gaming talk. You know, I'd be there for gaming, but there would just be almost zero mention. One thing I think that's really important if you're an Xbox gamer, that that's going to be good news for you. The last two quarters in particular, Satya has really gone out of his way to talk about gaming. And that shows you how important gaming is becoming to Microsoft as a whole. Awesome. That's great. Guys, let's start to head towards the end of the show with a final couple of pieces, one that I'm very excited for, and I can't wait to share with all of you. We got a little tease. We got a brand new logo for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. It's not a lot, but guess what? It's just enough to bring back the nostalgia <laughs> of 2009. And you love just seeing that bright green. It gets me excited. It gets me all the memories. And of course, if you keep up with Call of Duty, you know right here in the spring, heading into the NBA playoffs, right? We usually get some Call of Duty fun. And so we now have the Modern Warfare 2 logo, which got me excited to dig in and see what's going on over there. And I went over to GameSpot and they've done a great job at just kind of getting some data going on and letting you know what you can learn from. So we know that Captain Price is in the building and he's getting his squad back together. Task Force 141 is coming together. Tom Henderson claims it will release on both current and past gen consoles, but this could be the final year for Call of Duty to do that. So get ready for the big switch here soon enough. Henderson also shares some story details like U.S. soldiers going to war against Colombian drug cartels, multiplayer mode that includes a DMZ, which is rumored to be an escape from Tarkov mode, and of course, old school maps that you all love like Favela, Terminal, High Rise, and more. And man, oh man, this gets me excited, guys. I love <laughs> Call of Duty. I love Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That's definitely my favorite. 
uh, out of the whole mix of things, right? It goes Modern Warfare, then Black Ops for me. And, you know, I love World at War. Don't get me wrong, but this is the one I'm excited for, especially the 2019 Modern Warfare reboot I thought was really, really fun. I had so much fun with my friends replaying that and playing the multiplayer. I thought it was banging, which, of course, was the kickoff into Warzone, which I fell in love with. But, Benji, I know you're smiling. You're a Call of Duty guy <laughs> like myself. What does this give you seeing that bright green on the screen? I'm stoked. I loved the 2019 reboot. I mean, I loved that game. I thought it had one of the best campaigns ever for Call of Duty. Um, multiplayer was also really strong. And uh, I I'm with you. I'm more I like Call of Duty more when it's modern than whenever they're going back to some of the older wars. Um, those can be cool as like a one off every once in a while. But I really love that modern setting. I just feel like that's when it's at its absolute best. Um, so I am stoked. Yeah, I am really stoked. And it's really what the franchise needed because Vanguard has really underperformed. I hate to say it, um, but in sales, it, it's just really underperformed for them. And I think a big part of that was going back to, to, you know, World War II yet again. I, I think that probably wasn't the right call. You know, hindsight's 2020. I'm sure at the time they, they weren't thinking that, but I think now looking back at it, going back to World War II again was a bit of a mistake. So, um, I, I'm expecting this game to be gigantic gigantic this year there's lily what's your what's your thoughts on modern warfare I, you know call of duty what do you think about this the juggernaut that is yeah and i think you just said it best and i i completely agree with benji it's it's juggernaut this is this is the peak era of, of call of duty this is where call of duty became the monster that it is because of mm -hmm. the modern warfare era um i've personally not been a, i'm with you they did enough world war ii i don't need any more world war ii Mm -hmm. I've not even really been that big of a fan of the whole black ops era either. It's just, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not my thing. I've been that modern warfare guy, that infinity ward yep. modern warfare era is what really cemented me in the call of duty. So yeah, I do welcome this to, to come back in and now take a break. Yeah. Now you take a break <laughs> after this and then you come back with something quote unquote, next gen new experience. Yeah. Let, let's, let's see what it is and go from there. So I, I do think this is a good place for them to give us the uh, a call of duty that hits that nostalgia of the modern warfare era take a break then you come back let, let's see what we can do new with call of duty and i guess knock on wood we would imagine at that point microsoft now controls the ip and and let, let let's see what they do with it so yeah i'm excited for this definitely looking forward to the full reveal oh it's gonna be so exciting benji mm -hmm. do you anticipate sales being through the roof of course, with Warzone 2, what do you think the microtransactions and those revenue numbers will be like here heading into next year? Oh, man, this thing is going to be nothing else this year is going to touch this game in sales as long as it's even good. It doesn't even need to be amazing. Obviously, if it's amazing, it will be a smash hit. But this tweet already in only a day has become the most liked Call of Duty tweet of all time. Literally no announcement tweet ever for any Call of Duty game has had more likes. That so shows you how anticipated it yep. is. And wow. to put it a bit more into perspective, the 2019 reboot, that was the fastest selling Call of Duty game ever. It sold over 30 million units in less than a year. In like 10 months, it sold 30 million copies. So this should be as long as it's a good game. Nothing in terms of just like raw sales, nothing's going to be able to touch this this year. It should be huge if it's good. Exciting. All right, guys. Well, let's end the show with some things that our viewers and watchers out there should know about. So kind of funny, best friends. Let me give a rundown of the weekend. And for all you Halo fans like myself, Benji and Paris out there, HCS is back. The Kansas City Major is going down. 
right now as you're listening all the way through the weekend of May 1st. So please tune in. You got Twitch drops enabled. You got the best of the best all coming into Kansas City to put on a big show for the HCS. There's also a free-for-all tournament going on, so you can see a different kind of side to HCS in the gameplay for Halo Esports, which will be a ton of fun. So tune into that. For Paris Lily and myself, you big basketball fans, the NBA playoffs are underway and kind of a little stealth announcement, but NBA 2K22 is now available on Game Pass for both <laughs> Xbox One and series consoles. So, yo, go enjoy the playoffs hype. Go play some NBA 2K, which is always some fun. We have our free play weekend days, and I always tell you about these, but this is the one weekend where I'm like, yo, get your friends together and go enjoy free play days this weekend because you have moving out, ember and session skateboarding which i love each and every one of those games so you'll have a ton of fun whether it be on the couch with moving out which is like an overcooked style video game with your friends where you're moving stuff out of homes and apartments and it's just zany wacky chaos or if it's ember where you can play online with up to four friends and you are essentially the uber of firefighters and you go to different homes you save people you put out fires it's a blast so please go check that out uh, I highly encourage all of these games. And we also have our May Games with Gold now announced. We have uh, Yoku's Island Express, The Inner World, The Last Wind Monk, Hydro Thunder Hurricane, and Viva Pinata Party Animals. Here, she didn't smile at all during these free games. Are well, we? Well, we I'm actually going to say, I think maybe they listen to us and they're trying to up the value a little bit because oh. this is a little better than it's been the past few months. <laughs> I like bit. that. Uh, Benji, you know, you are our guest. We haven't got to talk much with you. Games with Gold, where do you fall on that? It's, it's been very clear that the investment has been going into Game Pass and not Games with Gold. That's all. <laughs> very well said there, Benji. Very clear. I will say uh, well, Yoku's Island Express. Uh, I remember a lot of people loved that. Uh, when yeah, it came yeah, out. yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Not bad. Cool, okay. Not, not bad. Okay. Not bad. Yep. Yep. Good to know. I'm a big Hydro Thunder guy, so you can count me in for Hydro Thunder. That's an instant download. But, guys, let's say goodbye. This has been a great Friday spent with awesome friends. Benji, we have to say thank you for joining myself, Paris, and Barrett. Uh, Gary Witta sends his regards, as always. But thank you for being here. Thanks for bringing the expert analysis and having some fun sharing some Xbox love with us. Benji, where can all of the kind of funny best friends go find you? What awesome stuff are you doing before you say goodbye? Thanks so much for having me on. It truly was an honor. I'm a huge fan of you guys, huge fan of kind of funny in general, been watching for years. So this really does mean a lot to me. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm Benji Sales on Twitter or on YouTube. Benji Sales on YouTube on both places. Twitter's definitely where I'm most active, but I stream on YouTube once a week. We do like a live chat where we basically just talk about the video game industry, sales, whatever you guys want to talk about. Do that once a week or Twitter Benji Sales. Love that. Paris Lily, I don't really ask you this much because we usually just say goodbye. But what the heck are you doing this weekend? <laughs> what am I doing this weekend? Oh, well, I know what I'm literally doing after we're done with this. I'm watching my Tampa Bay Buccaneers make their first pick in the NFL draft. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to be watching NBA basketball, I'm sure. Like, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for that Milwaukee Celtics series. That's going to be good. That's I can't so wait good. to see those youngsters yeah. take on the big guy. And by the way, shout out to Chris Paul. For, for all the old heads out there, wow. what, what Chris Paul did last night was just absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. That, that dude is, is incredible to do what he did last night. Basically, if you don't know, he didn't miss a shot. There were no layups. There weren't any dunks. None of that. This was all just getting buckets last night. Just <laughs> incredible. Well, with that, guys, go watch some sports. Go have some fun. HCS, whatever you're doing, play some games. 
be good to one another, smile, and have some fun. On behalf of Paris Lily, Barrett Courtney, Gary Witt, and our good friend Benji Sales this episode, see you, everybody.